Learn to trade stocks successfully. Learn to profit consistently. I'm Ryan Mallory, and on my weekly podcast, I'm going to teach you the ins and outs of a complex, ever-changing stock market. You will learn to trade better, trade smarter, and profit bigger. Now, let's go trade. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory doing another video slash podcast with you guys here today. And what I want to talk about is whether or not the worst is behind us here in this market, because for the past couple months, it has been very difficult. And what I try to do with my uh, talks here is to focus on things that are more evergreen, things that can constantly be used in the future. And even though I'm going to be talking about the current market conditions a lot, I think that this is very relevant, no matter if you're trading a week from now, or two years from now or 10 years from now. I feel like what we're talking about now applies to all these typical market corrections that we undergo and how to trade them and how to trade them successfully. So that's what I want to talk to you about today is whether or not the worst is behind us and what we can do going forward. So the thing is, is that nobody really knows if the worst is behind us. Nobody knows if we're going to break those lows from October. And those lows are pretty far down there because we've, we've bounced a heck of a lot off of those lows. And if and if the worst is not behind us, that means that there's still a lot of pain left in this market. And that very well may be the case. And if so, you got to buckle up and manage the risk. But what I what I would like to get through to you guys with this particular uh, broadcast is to recognize that we don't have to know whether the worst is behind us. What we have to do is take every trading day and trade it on its own merits and use the information compiled each new day and compare it to what we've had well, I have seen so far and trade accordingly. So yesterday we had this huge reversal after a pretty steep sell-off intraday. We have this huge uh, reversal. The market goes from being 20 plus points down to 30 points up on the day. So that's a big time turnaround. And it's usually a good sign that there's a bottom in place, at least temporarily, and that we may challenge the new uh, highs that were established back earlier this month. So if that happens, I don't know, but you have to trade based on what the, the probabilities are, what is the most likely in each scenario. So right now on this particular day, getting follow through is a big deal in this market because we haven't had a lot of follow through. And if you can pull that off, that's a good sign that the bulls are starting to get interested in the market again and that there's some potential to the upside. So um, and the reason why I say that's important is because all of October, except for the last two days of trading, we didn't have a single day of back-to-back profits. And then when we finally did, we had a pretty nice surge higher that took the markets um, about two, 200 points off of the lows on the S&P. So, yeah, getting back-to-back days of strength, that's kind of become important for this market here because during the sell-offs, we, we, had, we don't see a lot of that. So... It's okay not to know, but you have to take what you see each day and, and add it or and compile it to what you've already seen in the market and see if that changes your thesis going forward. And if it does, then you have to make some adjustments in your portfolio. And if it doesn't, then then continue to trade according to your, your current plan. So the other thing too is, is because we don't always know what the market's going to do, our confidence in the market's direction going forward should be reflective in how many stock positions we have open or how much capital that we're putting to use. So simply put, if you don't have a high level of confidence, you don't want to be 90 or 100% long on the market. So for me right now, and for pretty much the last two months, I have been only about 20 to 30% committed in my capital to the, to the long or short side at any time. 
That's because I don't really trust this market with any of its directions. I think that at any time this market can rip 50 points higher if the if there's a good piece of news that comes out. And in the same sense, I think we can sell off for five, another five straight days before we even get a bounce. It's just that kind of market to where the the edge isn't as clearly defined. But when you get little pieces and snippets of uh, clues about where the market may want to go in the in the future, then you can start adding you know, one position here and one position there. But it's not like a long-term trending market where, you know, the, every dip is getting bought and you know you can go ahead and buy those dips with confidence and have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten positions open at a time. That's not this market. So as a result, we have to go ahead and essentially manage manage the risk with a lower level of confidence that we really know what the, the direction this market wants to take. So the first point, it's okay to... to not know what what direction the market's going to ultimately take with a with a high degree of confidence and the second one is that your confidence should reflect the number of positions that you have open at any one time so the other thing that you want to watch for is your emotions these are the times these huge sell-offs when when things are just getting really whipsawly and and just very uncertain and you're getting stopped out of three or four positions you know on a gap down in the market that is the time you really got to control the emotions because Unlike a lot of people, they'll tell you, oh, I don't trade with emotions. Oh, emotions don't exist to me. But that's that's bull because emotions exist in everybody and everybody has to deal with emotions as traders. And that, that's just the simple fact of it. It's how you manage your emotions. Really, that's more than anything. You can't do away with your emotions. They're going to be there. And you have to make sure you know, you're not getting so upset that you're chucking keyboards or breaking mouse uh, on your desk. So the other thing too, watch watch for the gap ups. The gap ups can really mess up a lot of traders. They've already burned me a couple of times this month um, because when I was looking at the internals of the market at the open, it really looked positive that this market was going to bounce higher and all I ended up getting was a pile of of sell-off. I mean, it was just really nasty. But because I didn't have a huge degree of confidence in the market, I only had like one or two positions that were being affected by that sell-off because my confidence level wasn't high. So even when I get burned by like, say a gap up or a gap down, you know, say I'm shorting a gap down or I'm buying a gap up and, and ultimately that was the wrong decision because I'm managing my position in such a way that I'm not over leveraging my portfolio. It's not a huge dent to the, uh, to the performance of my portfolio. So, and, and the thing is, is your most traditional bottoms are formed on gap downs. And that sounds like a little bit counterintuitive because you think, okay, gap downs are, are very bearish and you expect that they're going to keep on going down. But it's usually those huge gap downs that flush out all the long positions and establish a and, and exasperate the selling and establishes a bottom that the bulls can actually trade off of going forward. That's why you had the big reversal yesterday. If you go back to October 29th, you had a big reversal on that day and then a follow subsequent three-day, uh, actually six out of the next seven trading days went higher before we saw any substantial selling uh, uh, thereafter. So gap downs are hugely important to establishing a a bottom. Most of the time, your your bottoms in the market are not going to be established on a gap up. It's simply not. It, they it does happen, but more times than not, it's going to you're going to see the 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 bulls get flushed out of their long positions on a gap down or just a really hard intraday uh, push lower before finally reversing course and pushing back higher. And we just actually saw that yesterday, so that was kind of cool and relevant to this this discussion here. Um. Yeah, and so I'll pull up the chart and show you here a couple of examples. So you you look up, you look at the spy on ten twenty nine. 
huge flush down. We actually gapped up. So this actually kind of, you know, involves another principle. We were talking about gap ups, you know, are very difficult to sustain and uh, markets that are trending lower. So we had a huge gap up. Everything looks great. And then, you know, while the whole market just goes straight down, um, S&P from the highs of that day went from, I'll pull up the S&P since it's easier to give you exact numbers. It went from 2707 all the way down to 2603. So a hundred point intraday sell-off on the S&P 500 that basically exasperated all of the sellers. You know, all the selling, it, it was it was gone at that point. And it left nothing but people to kind of buy the market at, at its lowest points. So we get a huge intraday reversal. The next day you get the follow through. And, and then after that, five of the next six days all finish higher. And then you had the same thing. We had five days of selling um, last this week and uh, late last week. And then you had this push down even further yesterday. And it looks like, man, we're going straight down for a six straight days. Like when does the selling ever end? But it's at that point when you start thinking that to where you say, oh my gosh, we're reversing now. And all of a sudden you just see this huge, crazy surge of buying. And that's the other thing too, is usually these really crazy uh, low ticks on the day where you have like a negative uh, net tick of like 14 or 1500. Those are sometimes uh, great indicators of a market bottom. And uh, we were getting some crazy ticks yesterday too. And then all of a sudden this huge surge higher and we're trying to follow through today. So we'll see if that happens or not. But, um, you know, I was also talking about confidence in the, in the markets. Um, I bought Square and Netflix just on Wednesday, right? And I bought uh, Square at around, I don't remember the exact price, but I bought it when it was selling off a little bit of balance. And then yesterday I got the follow through and it looked really good. I didn't hold it overnight because I just didn't have a huge level of confidence in the market. And I seen enough one day reversals that um, not to trust this market too much. So I held off and actually it turned out to be a good thing because Square's done absolutely nothing today. In fact, it would have given up most of its gains that I had experienced yesterday had I held it on another day without using a stop loss, which I don't do. Um, Amazon. Uh, actually, it wasn't Amazon. I actually bought Amazon today, but Netflix um, is another example here. You know, I, I bought in yesterday when I saw that exasperation in the market. I got long at around 284 and I sold it at 288. So it wasn't a huge deal. I think I made about 1.4% on the trade, but hey, it's better than, you know, what, it, you know, holding it through today and what it's done so far. So, uh, so yeah, it's on SQ, I made about 5.3% on Square. Uh, yeah, Square, I made 5.3% and then Netflix, I made about 1.4%. But the key is, is that that I was using the exasperation from the market that, you know, when the market was actually, you know, flushing out all the longs and exasperating all the selling, doing all the selling it could possibly do to where there was really nothing left. And then that's when I started buying, you know, Am uh, Square and Netflix. And and then again, today I bought jumped into two new trades as well. So uh, we'll see how they do. I bought into Amazon and uh, uh, Salesforce. So some potential there, especially with Amazon, if this thing can ever get its head on right. Um, it's pretty much just flat on me right now, slightly to the negative. But if you can pull something together, I mean, there's there's a good chance this thing can go right up to 1,800 in a matter of, you know, five or six days. So um, something to, to look forward to. And then finally, you know, people will say when the market gets more volatile to expand your stop losses. Don't do that. Um, when you start doing that, what, what ends up happening is that you're just taking on bigger losses because... Look, if there's a support level that can't be violated and it's 3.5% away or 4% away, 
don't put a stop loss 10% further down because there's another support level down there. And you think because it's a very volatile market, I need to have wider stop losses or else I risk getting stop loss, getting stopped out. Look, I mean, dude, stop losses are there to get stopped out. They're, you're going to get stopped out quite a bit if, if you're a trader for any length of time. They're there to protect you from taking on big time losses. And so willingly setting a stop loss out there that that's even going to require you to take even a bigger loss just doesn't make any sense. So don't change your stop losses. Keep keep your risk management style the same. I mean, there's no need to, to broaden your stop losses at all. I usually average about 2 to 3% on my losing trades um, in, in terms of where I like to set my stop loss at. That doesn't change in a bear market or or any kind of market for that matter. And then finally, just, just remember too, um, as I'm wrapping up here, no one, no one is perfect in this market. No one is. And it's uh, it's a difficult market. And if you come into it thinking that you're going to nail the bottoms right every time, no, you're not. But manage according to your confidence in the direction of the market. Don't take on a lot of positions if you're not really sure where the market wants to go. Like I said, right now I have two positions. There's a ton of other trades that I would like to take. I like to play this bounce in Apple right now. I think that's a good two-day bounce there un unfolding. I think Adobe looks pretty good. Um you know, I was talking about Netflix. It's not really doing much today, but I could see where it could bounce on Monday. However, while I like to be having action in all of these stocks, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to put myself in a position to lose in a big way right now when my confidence, you know, in the direction of the market isn't that that strong. So, so, so manage your expectations. And with that, I'll wrap it up. And I hope you guys have a, a, a managed to get through this market. Um, selling and the bearishness that's been involved over the last couple of months. I hope you guys can uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel and continue to manage risk the way that is appropriate for your style of trading and to just continue to do well. So that said, uh, wish you guys all the best. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of Swing Trading with Ryan Mallory. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Splash Zone where I navigate the financial markets every day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you'll get a seven-day trial, access to my trading room, and text and email alerts. So go ahead and sign up by going to shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. That's www.shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. And follow me at SharePlanner on Twitter and on SharePlanner's Facebook page, where I provide unique market and trading ideas every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, ryan at shareplanner.com, or call the office at 321-522-6733. All the best to you, and God bless.